Hello once again, and welcome to the Business Creators Radio Show. My name is Adam Homey, and I want to welcome you to another great episode. If you are a business creator, you are in the right place. And business creators fall into one of several categories. You could be an entrepreneur, a small business owner, or a local business owner. You could be a marketing and business coach. You could be somebody who helps others build their businesses, whether you're a designer or a strategist or an implementer or an assistant or a manager, somebody who helps others win at the game of business and marketing. Or you could be a do-it-yourselfer who runs your own business, has your own hands on the lever, and just loves having the power of knowing that you can make things happen. If you are one or more of the above, please take a moment, explore episodes, and discover how our experts can help you win at the game of business and marketing at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Also, be sure to check us out on iTunes. Be sure to subscribe. Every five-star rating is greatly appreciated and helps us spread the message and help more business creators just like you. Today, I'm especially honored and thrilled to have with us Sean Rhodes. And Sean is going to speak with us about how to get clients now and fill your prospect pipeline without spending a dime. In all of the literature and all of the conversation about marketing, whether it's online marketing, whether it's offline marketing, whether it's global marketing, whether it's local marketing, we're always looking to get more prospects and get more customers. They're the lifeblood of our business. Now, the reason that 80% of all small businesses fail within their first 18 months is not because they run out of money. It's another problem. Instead, most small businesses fail because they never developed the relationship to build businesses. Now, after studying people in businesses around the world, Sean discovered that the main challenge entrepreneurs and businesses have is finding enough clients to buy their product or service and communicating the value that makes them find the money they deserve. Uh, you hear this phrase all the time, the money sitting on the table, you just got to pick it up. Well, many entrepreneurs fail to do that because they don't know where to look. So some of the things we're going to cover today are how to be the type of person clients want to work with. And this means understanding how to prepare yourself every day so you can be your best when meeting prospects for the first time, which I know is a challenge for a lot of people because our energy levels and our enthusiasms can waver from day to day. We're going to, uh, Sean's going to reveal to us the most effective thing you can do with your time to get the word out about your prospects and how to build relationships that will build your business that won't cost you a dime. We're all worried about how much this is going to cost, and Sean is going to show us some low-cost and no-cost ways to do this. So just to tell you a little bit about Sean, he's an award-winning author, speaker, and coach who works with entrepreneurs to consciously create businesses that give them the impact and income they dream of. He's taken this knowledge of how to influence clients to action and putting it to work for you. For more than 15 years, Sean has traveled the world studying how people influence teams, clients, and organizations to action. His journey has taken him to over two dozen countries and multiple combat zones as he learned what it takes to be successful, even in the most stressful situations. By putting this method into practice, Sean was named one of the top public speakers in the world by Toastmasters International. Through his interactive workshops with companies, nonprofits, and individuals around the world, he helps people build systems and make businesses work for them instead of the other way around. Sean Rhodes, welcome to the Business Creators Radio Show. Thank you very much, Adam. I'm really honored to be here. Dan, I'm honored to have you here. Thank you very much for making time for us. This is going to be great, 
Everybody's looking for more prospects. Everybody's looking for new clients. Everybody wants to start filling that funnel and working them down to the next so that we can get more website and sales conversions, both at the local level and the global level. So this is going to be very important. Now, before we dive in, I know I read off your bio there, but what I'd like you to do is just sort of tell me in your own words what brought you to where you are today and what ignited your passion for helping business creators with this whole area of getting more prospects and getting more clients. Absolutely. Well, my journey started when I was a young man still in high school. I had no ability to influence a single human being in my life. And what I mean by that is I, I, I had no ability to be confident, to have courage, to step up to someone and ask for what I wanted. So I started looking around, what organizations are training people to be influential? Because I knew that that was going to be a key to my success in life, whether that was in business working for someone else or working for myself. So I joined the Marine Corps as a war correspondent. When I got to the battlefield, I discovered very quickly that I had absolutely no ability to influence people with the written word or with my actions. And it's interesting that I was put in that situation because in order for me to survive combat, I, I knew I had to be influential. So I started looking at the people around me that had that skill, had that ability, and it was combat leaders. And they each had a different way of leading people to take the action that they wanted them to take. And I know this sounds like it has nothing to do with business, but I assure you it does. And we'll, we'll get to that in just a second. Oh, it does. Oh, yeah, it does. It does. You don't have to assure me of anything. I know all about influence, about authority. Go ahead. <laughs> you got it. You got it. So some of these guys would threaten. Some of them would cajole. Some of them would bribe. And you've seen salespeople do this. You've seen people that run businesses try to threaten clients into buying from them, try to bribe them, you know, do this, and I'll give you all these other freebies, you know, just just overwhelm you with all the stuff you're going to get with this deal. And you've also seen people try to cajole them, you know, be my buddy. You're, you're in my marketing funnel, man. You've spent all this time with me. You've invested in me. Go ahead and buy my product. And all of these different things don't lead clients into action. They, they become permanent part of your of your prospect funnel. You'll get them for one or two sales, man, but then they'll just spit right out as soon as you stop bribing, cajoling, or threatening them. So what I wanted to know was how do you get people permanently on board with your mission, with your message? And I found that the best combat leaders were able to inspire people to action. So there's a key motivation. There's a difference, excuse me, between motivation and inspiration. And if you want to inspire clients, you will get people to buy any product, any service, at any price. And you, you've seen this if you've ever been really sold, especially on a car lot or when you're buying a home, really big-ticket items. They inspire you by making an emotional connection. So that's what I learned how to do with my stories and with my actions. When I began putting this process into place in my own life out there in combat zones, I was being published in Time, MSNBC, CNN, and media outlets around the world. In addition to that, I was influencing the men around me. They were grabbing me and pulling me on these combat missions because they said, Sean, you're influential. We want you to be there to capture our message and to tell our story. So that's exactly what I was doing with it. Now, when I got back to the United States, I said, how do I figure out how to make this work in civilian life? How do I make this work for people that I care about? And so I began my journey as a coach. And I'm sure, Adam, you have this experience as well. You tend to attract certain people. They, they, they want to come into your life. They want to come into your funnel. You guys are just a, a magnetic match. And for me, that was entrepreneurs and small business owners. And so I said, how do I take 
the information that I've been able to gather in the most stressful situations in the world about how to be inspirational, how to be influential, how do I take that and make it work for business owners. And that's how I was able to come across this solution that I found that I'm going to be sharing with you today and your listeners. And that's how do you overcome the number one problem that small business owners have, getting the clients in the door to make your business successful. That's a little bit about my journey. Yeah, that's absolutely fantastic. And you do raise a lot of great points, as I mentioned earlier. A big challenge we find in workplaces are people who are not given the authority or the power to do what needs done or to order the changes that are needed, but at the same time will be held accountable for the, resp- for the results. We see this a lot with business creators as well who know that in order for their clients and those they serve to be successful, those clients, those people they serve need to take certain actions on their own or empower them to take the actions on their behalf. And whether or not they do it, that client or that stakeholder is still going to turn around to them and hold them responsible for the results even if they don't provide the authorizations, the authority, or the support that's requested. And then they'll even top that off by saying, well, don't whine to me about what I didn't do. I held you responsible. And <laughs> how, do right. we really, I mean, how do we really overcome that? That's not only the topic of what we're going to talk about today, but that is, that I can see easily how that can impact our ability to get new prospects and get new customers. And it can be one of the debilitating factors, as I see it, because how much more of this do you want to – deal with. Uh, I see a lot of people in this world who will build themselves a core of loyal customers, and you, you need to do that. You need to have your major customers. You need to have your junkies who will buy everything you put out. You need to have your loyal customers for life who say yes across the board. You need the ones that come back once a year. Uh, you need all this stuff because it's important for your revenue picture. At the same time, we need to be continually generating new prospects but if you have so many bad experiences with your existing prospects and customers, you may be thinking, oh, goodness gracious, if I have to go prospects, what if another, what if another cuckoo flies over the net? Then what? I already have 98 problems. I don't need as many as the song says. So, uh, Absolutely. You got it. <laughs> so one thing I'd like to just ask you real quick here, and this is something I run by all of our uh, esteemed guest experts here at Business Creators Radio Show, is – my listeners tell me all the time that they have pretty much everything they need in their business and their life to implement anything that anybody who comes on this show tells them to do except for two things, time and money. Now, how do you think time and money impact a business creator's ability to get more prospects and get more customers? And the reason I ask this question, as our listeners know, is because I like not only the variety of responses, but the variety of interpretations I get when I ask this question. So take it away. Absolutely. Well, let's address each of them individually. I have uh, some thoughts on how to use time and money more effectively, especially if you think it's a limited resource in your business and in your life. The first one is that, yes, time is the one resource that we can't generate more of. There's only so many hours in a day. So what I work with entrepreneurs, what I tell them is that you have to strategically look at how you spend your time in relationship to what goals you have. So one of the the most important things that I tell all of my clients is you have to shut down social media on your phone. That little thing, that little ding, 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 as the emails come in and as the comments come in, that's great at certain times of the day, 
But the rest of the time, you need to be focused on the important things in your business, whether that's getting more prospects, working on those larger projects, or strategizing about the next launch you have, the next product release you have, or as we'll be talking about today, how to effectively use the existing resources that you have in your life that you're not taking advantage of in order to grow your business, in order to get new referrals, in order to get new clients in your door. So the first thing I'd say is strategically use your time. Make sure that if you, if you need to, some people are real anal retentive about this, and that works for them to actually block out from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., here's what I'm doing with my time. From 10 a.m. to noon, right. here's what I'm doing with my time. And if you, right. if you use that system and stick by it, you actually find the time that you didn't even know you had. Um, and well, one of the great stories around this is uh, Sean A. Core, who wrote a great book called The Happiness Advantage. He actually goes around the world to these CEOs and he says, how do you get more productive at your, at your office, at your workplace, while still maintaining your, your happiness advantage, being happy, being joyful about the work you do? And one of the things that, you know, the great story he tells is that he goes into these places, talks to these CEOs who say, I need to be more productive. Are they going to fire me or my profit margin is going to drop? I have to be more productive, Sean. Help me out. And the story he tells is he actually looks at how they spend their time. And they only work for about 50% of their day. The rest of the time, they're at the coffee machine. They're playing on the Internet. They're checking their stock. They're reading the news, doing everything right, working effectively and productively. So first thing, shut down social media, except for the times when you're using it strategically. And I know the information you give on your podcast, Adam, is that you really have to use it strategically. You have to be able to bring in clients online, and you have to know what uh, your effort is, what time gets put in, to what results that you're getting. And I know that you give your people great ways to measure that. So I say that's, that's how to use time more effectively. Second thing around money, all right, one of the biggest myths about getting more clients in your business is the, or being more influential in general, whether you're trying to start a worldwide movement or you're just trying to grow a small business. The whole spectrum, it runs that, yeah, you need more money. You need money for advertising. You need money to get that office space. You need money for this and that and everything else. And I'm saying the first really myth buster on this one, I wish I could have a whole TV show about this because it would be really fun to do, why you don't need money. The best companies in the world are now staging themselves not as million-dollar marketing and advertising, you know, entities. They're, stage, they're staging themselves as movements. And that's the first thing to be influential in your small business or in your life. How do you get people on board with your company, your product, or your service as a movement? If you look at Apple computers, they're doing a great job at this. I'm staring at a MacBook Pro right now. I have an iPad and an iPod on my desk. They have sold me. And it's not because their products are the cheapest. So another great myth is that, you know, you have to charge uh, a less. You always have to undercut your price to get people into your business. No, it's not true. State yourself as a movement. Emotionally connect with the people that you're selling to, and that's something that we'll talk about today in the podcast, how I teach entrepreneurs to do that. And they will pay more for your service, and you don't have to spend money on advertising. If you set yourself up as a, a platform, as a movement that people can get on board with to feel like they're part of something greater than themselves. So that, I trash the idea that you don't have enough time, and I trash the idea that you don't have enough money. And I'm going to teach you how to use both of those more effectively during today's podcast. That's amazing. That is absolutely amazing. One of the points I make is that, you know, you can be whoever you are, and then you can look at people like Warren Buffett or Donald Trump. And you know what you have in common with Warren Buffett and Donald Trump is 
Your day is 24 hours a day. Their day is 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. They don't have any more time than you do. It's not like they have a whole lot of extra time given to them that allows them to be billionaires and to run billion-dollar organizations while you're struggling. It just, it just, it's just not possible. It, it just doesn't right. happen. Right. So, what, so, Sean, what do you think is the main problem that's holding entrepreneurs back from achieving this level of success in their business? Well, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, 80% of small businesses fail in their first 18 months. And this isn't a statistic I've made up. This is straight out of Forbes. You can Google it and check it out. It's not because lack of capitalization. So it's not because you didn't have enough money when you started your business. Now, the result of not running a business effectively is that you run out of money, and as you got bills to pay, you have to shut the doors and go back to the waiting tables. I've done it. I know. That's how I can talk about it. What I learned was, as Forbes will tell you, you have to have meaningful conversations with your clients, with your prospects, in order to make a small business successful. That is the key, the number one thing that will get you out of the statistical range of being one of those 80% of failures. All right? And when they, when they say, how do you have a meaningful conversation with your client? Well, the entrepreneurs that I've coached, they have a real difficulty in being able to describe why their product or service exists. And that's part of that meaningful conversation. And I want you to notice, Adam, I said why and not how it works or what it does. It's, it's easy to talk about how your product works, how your service works, or what it does for your client, but that's not where the money is. Uh, Peter Gruber, who is this amazing management consultant for the last 50 years, he set the bar. He said that everyone is first and foremost in the emotional transportation business. All right, and that's, that's really key. As an entrepreneur, as a business person, I don't care what product or service you're selling, you're not selling that product or service. I'm telling you that right now. You are in the emotional transportation business. If you want to get prospects in your door, you need to be crystal clear on the emotional benefit that your product or service provides. So if, if you look at when someone's willing to pay the price of a house or a vehicle, you know, sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars for a house or millions for that matter, do you think that they're paying for, you know, the, the floors and the drywall and the concrete? No, absolutely not. They're paying for the feeling that comes with owning that house, the prestige right. that comes from living in that neighborhood. That's what you're buying. And so if you set up your product or service like that as an emotional transportation device, then people will pay more for it. They'll pay more than your product costs you to produce, which means that your margins are going to grow, and you're going to get more clients in your business because you're going to be selling the things that people actually want to buy. And that is key. Absolutely key. So the first mistake that entrepreneurs make is that they talk about how their product works or what it does instead of the benefit that the client gets. And you have to be tricky. This is a fine, you have to be careful, excuse me, it's a fine line to dance. A lot of people will talk about, so here's the benefit you get. Uh, you get more money in your life. You get more time to spend with your family. Those are things. They're not emotions. If you really want to get sold, go to a BMW dealership or a Mercedes dealership. Those guys are not going to talk to you about the engine that's in that car. They're going to talk to right. you about the prestige, the emotion, the, the feel of the leather, the, the feel of the wind blowing through your hair. It's all feelings that they're selling you. And if you and we're going to talk in a minute about why that works and how to use it for your product or service, but it's absolutely key. And I'd say that the, the second thing that businesses have a problem with, the entrepreneurs that I coach, and I'll bet a lot of your listeners have this as well, is that they're told in a thousand different ways. They have a lot of projects going on. They have a lot of irons in the fire, so to speak, and they don't really have a battle plan to follow. 
if you're anything like me, when I started my business, I went out and I was networking my tail off. I mean, I was at three or four events a day if I could be just to try to get as many business cards wow. out and make as many connections as I could. And I, you know, I didn't want to fail. I didn't want to be one of those statistics. And I thought the more I get out there, the more business I'll be able to draw in. But I was wrong. I was dead wrong. And not only did my business suffer because I wasn't bringing in sales, I wasn't doing the things that I'm going to be talking about in this podcast today that I had to learn through losing a lot of money, but I was also being pulled away from my family. Uh, my wife actually thought that I was cheating on her with someone named Nettie Working, because that's what I told her I was doing. Say, I'm going to go see Nettie Working tonight, honey. I can't spend the night with you eating dinner. i got to go to this event, right? <laughs> and, oh, it, 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 I suffered. I suffered so much. And I'll bet you that all of your listeners that have been to networking events know how painful and how much of a waste of time that they can be when they're used ineffectively. Absolutely. So I want yeah. to just tell you, yeah, <laughs> a little bit about my personal story and how I figured out how to actually get prospects in my door, so much so that I'm able to turn people away. And when I started my business, I needed clients just like everybody else. I liquidated my retirement account to give myself a little bit of buffer so I could pay my mortgage, get that quality of life, but the clock was ticking for me. I only had so much money in savings, so I did what most entrepreneurs do. I spent money on time, I spent money on networking organizations, and I spent money on traditional advertising. All of those can generate prospects, but not the way that I was doing it. I learned that there's a strategy for connecting my products and services to those that need them the most and are willing to pay top dollar. I learned to do that. I had to sell me. I had to sell who I was and what I was doing, which means that, first of all, I had to believe in it, and I had to be able to connect to the emotional value of what I was selling with my prospects. Do you think that would be valuable for your, for your listeners to learn how to actually connect the emotional value to their clients? I think that would be pretty valuable. And, and telling your story right there, uh, speaking as an introvert and speaking as some, for so many of our listeners who are introverts, the idea of going to four networking events a day, I mean, heck, for some of us, going to four networking events a year is right. a big improvement. <laughs> <laughs> right. So and the, the, the thing to know is networking events get misused all the time. As, as, as right. someone that was a networking event junkie, I thought that if the, the more business cards I gave out and the more I received, the better off I would be. You know, my business would grow. That's a complete myth. That's absolutely, that's absolutely true because, I mean, what, you know, when I go to events, you know, I'm looking not to necessarily meet 5,000 people, although if I meet 5,000 people and they're all quality contacts, I'm 5,000 quality people ahead in this world. Right. But if right. I can come out of an event with one or two great connections with whom we can do great things together, I have more than succeeded. Now, I think now will be, Sean, I think now will be as good a time as any to just, you know, get into what are some of the things we're being told about what it takes to succeed that just aren't true. You've kind of hinted at a couple of them, but to give us a list of some of the stuff that, that they lied to us about. Absolutely. So one of the first ones is that it's hard to sell in a bad economy. And I know that we hear that, you know, times are tough, everybody's tightening their belts, it's hard to sell a product or service, especially if it's not something that puts food on the table. I started my career as a life coach, and it's easy to see how you could rather pay your electric bill or your cable bill than you pay a life coach. These things are achievable. Yeah. I, can, I, can, I can feel the heat in my house in the winter. 
I can see the electricity. I don't have the money to pay you for making me a happier human being, right? And I'm going to say that that's a really big misconception. And it all has to do with mindset, which we'll get into in a minute, how to actually change the way your brain operates so that you can get more prospects into your business. It's kind of crazy, but it's, it's absolutely true. But one of the big misconceptions, bad economy, bad for business, everybody's struggling. And I'm here to tell you that that's not the truth. Some of the largest companies in the world right now and in America were started during the Great Depression or they took over their competitors during the Great Depression. This is the, the big one back in the 1920s, the one that absolutely destroyed us and in the 1930s. Procter & Gamble, which is a big company. I know everybody knows their name. They started in the Great Depression. Public supermarkets, I'm down here in the south in Florida right now, and they are absolutely huge. They're growing all the time, getting up into even some of the northern states now. started during the Great Depression. And if you've ever had any of those delicious dried cranberries, the ocean spray cranberries, also a co-op started in the Great Depression during one of the roughest economic times the world has ever seen. And you look at other companies like Chevrolet, they stepped forward and they beat the crap out of Ford during the Great Depression all because they refused to believe that it was a tight economic time. It meant that they had to pull in everything they were doing. No, these companies said, it's tight, but we're going to continue to press out and find the clients who need our products and services. So that's one of the big misconceptions. Second one is that, again, you need bundles of money in order to be successful. Well, I'm here to tell you that the, the best, they learn from influential people. They learn how to connect their clients emotionally. You don't need money to do that. We talked about that before. I'll skip into one of the other big myths is that you have to really struggle and struggle and struggle to convert prospects into clients. Again, not true because before you bought anything from a company, you weren't a paying customer. But once you made that purchase, you're on board with it, especially if you look at these companies that are posing themselves as movements. And you can even look at individuals that are doing this well, like Tony Robbins, for instance. He has gathered a movement around him. It doesn't matter. You could get up on stage and read the alphabet, and people would pay him hundreds of dollars for the honor of being in his presence, right? And so it all right. starts with tapping into the natural ability that you have to be influential. And I'd like to teach people now how really the, the tactical part about how to connect emotionally with what you want your prospects to feel. Would you like me to do that now for your folks? That would be fantastic. Please do so. All right. Well, I'm here to tell you right now that the most powerful supercomputer that's ever been discovered is sitting right in between your ears. Not just your ears, Adam, but all of the everyone who's listening to this podcast. Right now, there are more neurons firing in your brain than there are stars in the universe. I want you to think about that in like billions and billions. You have so much going on in your brain that whether you make $10 an hour or millions of dollars a year, you're working with the same equipment. What millionaires do differently, and we talked about this, is they use their time more uh, effectively, but they also utilize their natural ability to draw in clients with what's between their ears, with the beliefs that they have, the ability to emotionally connect folks with what they're selling. So what I'm going to teach you right now is going to give you the ability to crank up the results you're getting from your brain and actually draw in clients. And this alone has made people thousands and thousands of dollars that I personally coached. And for those that have actually used this on larger scales, made them millions of dollars. So I'd like to um, say that there are two ways to go about thinking of this. There's a really pragmatic, a logical way that's based in science, and then there's also a spiritual way to think about it. And no matter what camp you're coming from, it works the same way, absolutely the same way. So 
I want to get into actually really quick brain function and how to think about what you're offering to your clients and how to express that with your body language, with your words, with your everything you carry with you that you use to sell a client. So first, the brain is a multi-layer cake, all right? You have the base of it at your brain stem, the basal ganglia, and then you have the paleocortex and the, the uh, neocortex, the newest one. And that's right. how we evolved in, in our brains, okay? The issue that comes in is people try to always overwhelm clients with information. So you're thinking with your neocortex, how, how can I overwhelm this person with the benefits of my product or service to get them to buy? Again, we talked about it earlier, that's not what sells people, especially with high-end items. So if you want to really start charging what you're worth in your business, you need to reach down into the emotional parts of your own brain to be able to express that emotion to your clients. Now, issue comes in is that the paleocortex, the emotional center of your brain, doesn't communicate very well with the neocortex. And a way that I, I prove this when I'm speaking to entrepreneurs about it is I say, tell me why you love your wife or your husband. And they look at me kind of weird for a minute because their neocortex is processing the words and they're trying to get down into their paleocortex for the answer, whereas where the, the emotion lives. And you can't do it. So here's a, a simple exercise that you can use every single morning, one, to get in the right frame of mind for your business, but two, and most importantly, to be able to emotionally connect what you do with your clients. So this is, this is a way to actually emotionally sell them on what it is that you are offering. And here's how you do it. You sit down. You can call this a meditation session or whatever you want, but I want you to sit in a quiet place. And I want you to focus on how your client is going to feel when they are benefited by what it is you're selling. I don't want you to focus on how you're going to sell it, and I don't want you to focus on what your product does. I want you to focus on how that makes your client feel. Get that emotion in there. If you really believe in what you're selling, this is going to be very easy. If you are new to selling whatever it is you're selling, make a list of all of the great things that your clients feel as a result of your product or service. Sit in that emotion. And when you can hold on to it for a couple minutes at a time, you can bring it right back into your brain. So when you're sitting down at a sales session, you know, you're doing your sales presentation, however that looks for you or your business, or you're writing ad copy, if you're an online marketer and you don't deal with clients face-to-face, I want you to bring up that emotion because it's going to affect your body language, it's going to affect the tone of your voice, and it's going to affect how passionate you are when you're communicating the value of your product or service. So the difference is you see a salesperson who is not excited about what they're selling but has a really great deal. I'm not really interested in buying from them because if they're not excited and confident about what they're selling, how do I know it's going to work? Now, on the other hand, you can have someone that has a product or service that's not proven in the marketplace, way overpriced. I don't know much about it at all. But if they're communicating passionately because they're in touch with how it's going to make me feel, I'm going to lay down the money. Because human beings connect emotionally with each other more than they ever do through logic. And if you can come from that emotional place first and then put logic on top of it, well, that's a key to success. You can make millions and millions of dollars doing that. And not only can you do that, if you decide you want to change social policy or you want to lead a nationwide movement, you do it the exact same way, which makes it really, really cool. So that's the first thing that I tell entrepreneurs to do in order to really get wired tight on how to emotionally connect their product or service with what their client needs. 
right. I think this is absolutely fantastic. As our listeners know, I'm the host of the Business Creators Radio Show, but I also sit right next to our listeners with pen and paper in hand looking for the slight edge in my business, and you've given us several here. So uh, we're a little over halfway through here, and this is turning out to be an amazing interview. I'm so glad we have you here with us, Sean. Uh, so once we start using our brains the right way to get clients, what is the best way to use time to get more clients into the business? Absolutely. One of the easiest ways is to what I call burn the white space in your calendar. And I know that entrepreneurs think that they're busy, and I know that you're busy because you're always doing something. However, doing something and bringing clients into your business are two very, very different things. So one of the best pieces of advice I ever give an entrepreneur is I say, during the hours that you're working, however that looks for you, if it's 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. or whatever that is, you will burn the white space in your calendar starting today, which means that every single moment of those working hours, you are strategically working to grow your business or to find prospects. And we'll talk a little bit at the end of the podcast about how to do that, how to get prospects into your funnel. But first, burn the white space. And so my story around this is that people say that they have, you know, too much stuff to do in order to get everything done in a given day. And I'm here to tell you that if you can't get prospects in your door, nothing else in your business is going to work. So how to burn the white space in your calendar. What I do is I say you have to first start small. So we're going to start with just your lunch hour. And this works really well if you have a business where you need to bring in locally based clients. If you're a straight Internet marketer, you can use this the same way to begin making contacts over the Internet in order to get affiliates, get JV partners, however you see that happening for you. But let's start with something small. Start with your lunch hour. Now, first thing I want you to do is you need to really, really focus and consider how much money you're wasting by eating at your desk. And I don't care whether you work in an office or whether you work from home. Nobody in your office at your desk is going to buy your product or service. Nobody in your home is going to buy your product or service. And as much time as you may enjoy spending with them, uh, I have a little dog that likes to sleep right next to my desk. She's my buddy. She makes my day wonderful and beautiful and freeing and all that. She's never going to buy my coaching services. So me eating at my desk is a complete waste of time. Now, a lot of people will say, well, I'm saving money. I'm, you know, bringing a sack lunch into work to eat at my desk. I'm cooking at home. I want you to really think about the margin that you make on every sale. And for some of us, that may look like hundreds of dollars. For some of us, that may look like, you know, five or ten bucks, how much profit you're really making on a sale. If you go out to eat instead of sitting at your desk during your lunch hour, you could make up the cost of a year worth of going out to eat with just one sale, just one sale. And so it's, it's a mind shift to think about the money that we think we're saving is actually money that we're losing, all right? And so here's how to tactically use your lunch hour to get more prospects into your business. First, you have to find where your ideal prospect is hanging out, where they're eating lunch. So if you're targeting corporate executive types, you need to find the fancy restaurant in town that serves lunch that they like to go to. If you're targeting the working class citizen, the construction worker, if you're selling life coaching services or you're selling something that makes, you know, the lives of the everyday Joe better, find out where they eat. Find the little cafes, the little restaurants, and go to eat lunch there. All right? And if you don't know where your ideal client eats, find a couple of your clients existing and ask them, when you go out to eat lunch, where are you going? 
and get yourself there. And when you go there, I want you to go there and I want you to get to know every waiter, every waitress, every server, the guy behind the bar. Get to know all of them. Strike up conversations and find out from them who the influential regulars are at that restaurant. Those are the people you're going to want to say hi to and connect with. And it's not because you're trying to sell them. It's because you are trying to help them. Keeping in mind you're coming from that emotional place, you've been doing your workshop in the morning, you're feeling good, and you're very clear about the emotional state that your prospect is going to feel when they take advantage of your product or service, you're going there to help them. You want them to feel that, exactly what you do. That's plan A, all right? The second plan, and this is how once you get to know the restaurant, you see who comes in there, you are going to reach out to every current and past client you have, and you're going to invite them to your new hangout. You'll know everyone there, so you'll say, hi, John, you know, give me a glass of water, or they'll bring you your favorite drink, right? Imagine the social capital that's going to come with everyone in that restaurant knows and loves you. You get a chance to get your relationship built even deeper with existing clients. And if you have prospects, you know, I'm trying to interject to here, man. Yeah, right, this is man, go so ahead. powerful. Oh, my God. I, I so apologize. Basically, you're telling me I've been doing it right all these years. Have you been going out to eat? Here, here, people, here, here, people have been telling me the pretty much the exact opposite. Uh, it has always been my pattern. Um, you know, when I used to work in the corporate world, I would find maybe two restaurants nearby, and I would always go out, and I would always go to the same places, and I would always order the same thing. Uh, you know, when yeah. I go out socially here in Las Vegas, I have two or three places I go, and I always order one or of two things. I, I know a lot of the servers. I know a lot of the people there. And just from hanging out, people get used to seeing me there, and I get used to seeing them there, and I start Absolutely. making connections. I remember one time, I, uh, uh, I mean, back when I was in Pittsburgh, there was this TGI Fridays they used to hang out at a lot, and, I, and, I, um, and somebody went to meet with me to discuss business. So I said, you know, we're both pretty close to this TGI Fridays. Can you meet me there? And I did not call ahead. I did not arrange for anything. But can you just picture the social capital I gained when oh everybody God, yeah. who was working at the bar each came down just to say hello to me because they recognized that I was there on business and wanted to help me make a good impression. When oh, that's they awesome. came up to yes. me and handed me a nice tea because they knew that's what I always ordered without me having yep. to ask for it. And when they asked me, okay, so which of your two things are you going to have today? And I mean yeah. – Basically, letting this person know that uh, you know we're playing on my home turf here, and That's I mean, right. just think about that. And then also, there's the there's just the whole thing about pattern interrupts and the need to change the pace. I mean, if you're taking a lunch and you're sitting at your desk and doing things like that, you're not getting the necessary interruption in your patterns. You're not getting the necessary changes to your environment that refocus your brain, and you're going to get dull real quick. So that five dollars you might have made. Because mm -hmm. you answered that email quickly, oh, God, no. It's not yeah, worth it. No, it's not worth it at all. And think of all the great things you could do for the economy by supporting the restaurant industry. You know what I mean? That's how I look at it. Else, you're spending money. Absolutely. Yeah, that's how I do it. And, and the reason I would always pick one or two places because I would always want something special done with my food. Um, mm -hmm. And because I asked for the same thing over and over again, they knew what it was. So as soon as they saw me walking in the door, they knew what was coming. And they liked that because I was the easiest customer to serve. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And not only does it build social capital, but it lets whoever you're sitting across the table from know that you are liked and that you can be trusted. And that is huge, absolutely huge, especially when you're dealing with selling someone into a higher-end product or service. They see 
see you and they know that you're a regular in the community, they know that you're not going anywhere, that you people know you and like you, and that is absolutely amazing for making sales, for turning a prospect into a client. Wow. And, and think about that when you're in local business or you're a local service provider. That is enormous, especially when you are making a lot of business based on seeing people around in the community, doing in-person meetings, and people knowing people who know people. That's huge. And it gets right back to what I said when I started this podcast with Forbes magazine and 80% of small businesses failing because they're not having meaningful conversations with clients. This sit-down lunch with a prospect, with a client, and it, it doesn't have to be with someone that you think you're going to sell to, and we'll talk about that in just a minute. But when you do that, you have an opportunity to open a conversation about what that person actually needs, and then you can tailor how you sell your product or service to that need. Instead of what you think the prospect needs, you can get them to tell you what's going on in their life, what challenges they're having, and then you can provide a solution. And then you become an emotional transportation business, like Peter Gruber said. And, again, that's what makes sales. Wow. Yeah, this is this is turning out to be one of our most awesome interviews ever here at the Business Creators Radio Show. And we're almost three-quarters of the way into the hour already, so I would like to pick up the pace just a little bit to make sure our listeners get their full value for investing what may very well be their lunch hour in us. So, That's Sean, right. tell us, what is the resource that will help me make the most money that I'm not taking advantage of right now? It's something that you don't have to spend a dime to actually connect with, and that's the beauty of it. So I want each of you to know that at this moment, each of you is connected to thousands of people who can be potential clients for your business, and I'm not even factoring in social media. Social media could make this number easily over a million. If you're an online marketer and you rely heavily on social media to make sales, you have millions of prospects out there right now. If you're a locally-based business, you have at least thousands. It's the people that you know and the people that they know that are referral sources for you. And it gets right back again to having meaningful conversations. So if you can find a good networking group, and it's rare, you will see this system in play. And I call it the circle of influence. It goes under a lot of different names. But if you find a really good networking group, the people in that group are less concerned with selling to the folks in the room. If you've ever been to a networking group, chances are if someone tried to sell you on what they were doing, that is the absolute wrong way to use networking, and that's what I had to learn by going to four a day and not getting any results for my time or for my money. Because if you are really using it properly, the people in the room are focused on finding out who you know that can refer them business or become clients. It's not about you. It's about the people you know. And so everybody that you know in your life, your friends, your family, uh, your former employees, your former bosses, Everybody that you know is your social circle in your life. They know people who want to buy your product or service. And if you approach your circle of influence this way, then you won't have to worry about feeling sleazy about talking about your business with them because you're not trying to sell them. So this is absolutely key. And if you're looking for people to fill up the seat across from you at this lunch that we're telling you to go on to every day from now on when you're working, it's everyone in your social circle. And you're not trying to sell them. You're trying to find out who they know that could benefit from your product or service. Sorry, so that's, that's the number one thing that people are not taking track of. And it's important to remember that your friends are your friends because you connect with them. Friends want to help friends. It's absolutely key. One of the main issues that entrepreneurs have about using this system is they're so uncomfortable about 
taking their best friend and trying to get a referral out of them. Your friends want you to be successful. If you need to write down any caps across your computer screen, go ahead and do so right now. Your friends want you to be successful. They want to help you get the things that you want in your life. So you absolutely have to take advantage of them because these people know folks who want to buy from you. So when you're trying to fill up your calendar of your lunch date, look at every person that you have in your life that can meet with you over lunch. And they, again, are past coworkers, bosses, employees, people you played sports with, every past client you've had, every client that you lost that you didn't sell, and, of course, family members that you've fallen out of touch with. And I don't want you to qualify this list. I don't care if Cousin Jimmy is living in a trailer in the middle of the woods. It doesn't matter because you never know who Cousin Jimmy knows. And that's exactly what your circle of influence is there for. You're trying to find out when you sit across from them how you can help them out. So you're having just a regular conversation. How you doing, man? How's the wife? How's the kids? How's, you know, the sports that we were involved in that I got too tired or busy to, you know, keep doing? How's it all going? Find out what needs they have in their life and how you can help them. And when you do that, they want to help you. So the first thing to do when we get done with this podcast, the one takeaway exercise I really want you to put into place is you are going to make a list of every person in your life. If they're all your Facebook friends, great. The list is already made for you. But you're going to reach right. out to them, and you're going to build a circle of influence and invite them to lunch. Take them out for lunch. And you never know. I, and this is strange because people say, Sean, I don't have the money to take people out for lunch every single day of the week. That would easily equal hundreds of dollars a month. You will be so surprised when you invite people out and you come at the conversation from the perspective of how can I help you, how often that other person will pick up the check. I kid you not, That's it is amazing. True. You will you will easily only pay for half of your lunches, seriously, especially if you come at it with how can I help you in your life. That is so true, and I happen to know that for a fact. I mean, I don't want to scare people away from having lunch with me, but I do get a lot of my lunches paid for it because I go there with uh, I go there with a focus on them and what I can do for them right there in that moment, and I almost every time can give something that is worth so much to them that they weren't expecting that that cost of lunch is probably the cheapest coaching or consulting session they'll ever get. So forget about this, hey, I want to meet with you and pick your brain because I'm thinking about doing business or something like that, which translates into, hey, I just want to get free stuff from you. Go into situations instead of looking to pick somebody's brain, go into situations looking to give them something. And you're not going to have to pick their brain because they're going to be dying to hand it back to you. Absolutely, absolutely. And the, the key to after you, you've given them value, you've, you've just – and that's the thing that a lot of coaches don't understand, a lot of service providers don't understand, is that the more you give to someone, the more you will get back. And there, there, granted, right. there are some things that are just too complicated to explain during a lunch session, and that's where the coaching programs that you offer have to come in. As, as a coach, you know, that's my industry. I understand that. You can give them definitely the outlay of the situation and say, hey, you know, and if, if you really want to implement this, you know, we can do business together. But if not, here's the information. Go out there, take it forward in the world, and do great things. And then the key to making these lunches successful for you is to reach out and say at the end of the conversation, so you know what I do and you know who I help. Who in your life do you know that could benefit from the same conversation that we had today? And the great part about this is the people you're sitting across from lunch from know people like them. 
because we all hang out with like-minded individuals, people that are going through the same stages of life, people that need the same things, need the same products or services. You just extended your, your social network, your circle of influence by at least a couple people. And if they tell you, I don't know anybody that could use that, here's the million-dollar question to ask next. Are you ready for this, Adam? Uh, this could be worth the entire hour. Go for it. It could be worth the entire hour. Here it is. I, I know it's, 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 it's a tough question, but if you did know someone, who would that be? Did, did, did you get that? Are you there? <laughs> if you did know someone, who would that be? Who would that be? I know no one's coming to mind, but if you did know someone, who would it be? And just shut your mouth and stare at them until they give you an answer. And they always okay. will. They will reach down into their brain and they'll say, God, I, if, if I did know somebody, Aunt Jenny. Aunt Jenny is actually talking about making that change in her business. Or my boss mentioned that we needed someone that could help out our company with that. You just stare at them until they give you an answer. And 99% of the time, you will get a name. And then it's just a simple matter of getting the information to follow up with that person and get it while you're there. Don't say email, email it to me later. Say, how do you spell their last name? And they'll, they'll get their phone out and they'll, they'll look at it. Well, now that your phone, what is their number? What's their email address? And now you've got another lunch buddy. That's true. That's true. And people love to help people and, and being introduced by friends and everything else along those lines. And there's another thing, and this is something that's uh, pretty often missed in sales, even though it, it happens right in front of people all the time, is let's say you have somebody come into your home. Let's say you have an insurance agent come into your home or you're in an insurance agent's office or a financial advisor is another example of this where typically you have to fill out a form. And this also happens a lot with banks that are actually serious about loaning you money and not just jerking you around and giving you a hard time. There actually are banks out there that still actually want to help, believe it or not. I happen to know some of them. Uh, one of the first things they will do Rather than ask you a whole bunch of questions, they will immediately pull out a form and fill in the top section. Right. Exactly. And, and what you described is something very right similar away. to that. Yeah, you've Absolutely. described something very similar to that. So I'm going to pull out my phone. I'm going to get the information now. So you're basically pre-closing it. Just like when somebody fills out that form and they do the top section, it makes it a lot harder for the person in the prospect role to walk away from it because – They've already started the application process. Now, the person pulling out the application didn't say, hey, I want to get started on this application. They didn't even mention the word application. They just pulled out a piece of paper and started asking a few questions. And That's right. That's exactly I mean, right. it's just perfectly natural. Like, you know, like, you know, if I'm a business person, I'm speaking with somebody, I'm probably going to take basic information, and an intelligent prospect is probably going to think at least consciously nothing more than, well, hey, they made an appointment with me. They're probably going to, like, you know, take notes on the appointments. That's probably what this is all about. Meanwhile, they're already filling out the application, but it's just that semantic <laughs> difference. That's right. Absolutely. And, again, save this particular section for the end of the conversation when you're getting ready to, you know, pay the check or they're paying the check for you, which happens more often than not, as we said. Find out who do you know that could really use what I have to offer. And then as soon as they tell you a name, you're writing it down. What's their email address? What's their phone number? Can you let them know I'm going to reach out to them after you get the information? So even if, if people are busy, they might not want to, you know, talk to Aunt Jenny that day, but you want to talk to Aunt Jenny because Aunt Jenny's going to buy your product or service. Right. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, you know what I, you know what I, you know what I could do right now. So somebody asked me, hey, who do you know? Who do you know that's really good with helping people get more prospects in their pipeline without spending a dime? And I could say, you know, there's this guy I know named Sean Rhodes. They say, okay, cool. What's his phone number? So I give the phone number. Right. What's his email address? Right. And I give the email address. And all I have to do is open up my phone and send you a text or send you a quick email and say, hey, so and so. Uh, I just spoke with might be interested in your services. Here's their contact information. Good luck. Absolutely. And you're doing the same thing for the person across from the table. And you might have to do it a little more proactively than than in this situation. Right. But during the conversation, they say, oh, you know, I, I just don't have the time to mow my yard anymore. I'm so busy. And you say, well, you know what? I know a landscaper that does outstanding work, and he's the cheapest in town. Let me give you his information. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that lamp, yeah, that landscaper is going to remember you later when somebody asks them who does something like what you do. Yes, and that's exactly where the meaningful relationships come in that keep small businesses alive. That's exactly what right. we're talking about. Right. This is brilliant stuff. Um, uh, you know, and we're you know we're about uh, five minutes for the uh, top of the hour here. But I want to ask you real quick, and then I know you have something for our audience here. Uh, Aside from what we've covered already, uh, what else do we need to do to network effectively just, you know, so we're getting clients and prospects and not just a stack of business cards that will fill a box? Absolutely. So when you're at a networking event or you run into somebody in town and you're, you're exchanging business cards, you think it might be interesting, I want you to immediately try to figure out how can I connect this person with people who could use their product or service. And you have to ask yourself the same thing. Well, I don't know anybody who needs widgets, but if I did know somebody who needed a widget, who would they be? Who in my life do I know? And then reach out to that person, and you're inviting them to lunch. You're inviting them to a cup of coffee. You are sitting down with them in person outside of the networking event, and you are adding value to them, and you're not trying to sell them your product or service. You are trying to figure out who does they know that could use what you have. Now, I'm going to give a caveat to all this. If they happen to want your product or service, sign them up. Make the sale, obviously. But you're not entering the situation with, from that perspective, from that per, you know, point of view. You want to find out how can I connect you with people that I know can help you, can use your product or service, continue the relationship outside of the networking event. The number one problem that I saw when I was networking my tail off is that people would get business cards, and that was it. Never hear from them again. What's the point of wasting your time in a networking event if you don't use it effectively? So connect with them, invite them to lunch, figure out how you can help them grow their business. And if nothing else, you're just entering into a conversation with them to figure out who they know who could use your product or service. But take it outside the confines of the Chamber of Commerce or, you know, whatever uh, event you, you happen to met in that. Yeah, and, you know, something you've helped, you've hit on, not, you know, just, uh, you know, 30 seconds here before we turn the floor over to you here, is I'm those who follow me know I make a really big deal about people who will go on Facebook and type status messages like, well, time to clean out the friends list. Okay, that's really great. So you're gonna so you're gonna throw people away just because you haven't chatted with them in a minute. Well, you know what's happened to me a few times is I was in a conversation with somebody and I thought, oh, you know what? They're asking for somebody. They're asking for somebody. And I'll tell you an actual story. I'm not going to mention your name, but I'll tell you an actual story. Uh, I was um, I was at a networking event, or actually a seminar last year, and I was you know having one of those in the hall conversations between sessions with somebody, and they were describing something to me. And I'm thinking, you know what? 
I know this one person, and I think that they probably could really help you with this. I, I, I know them a little. I think we're connected on Facebook. Let me check. I already knew the person's name, so I pull out my mobile device. I strategically open my Facebook app, and I type in I, – I, I just had to mention that. I, I, I type in their name, and it's like, wait, the button says, add friend? They unfriended me? So I looked up to the person. I said, oh, never mind. I thought I did, but if I think it's somebody, I'll let you know. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, friend people who are worth friending in the first place. You don't have to, quote, unquote, clean out the friends list. That could have been a great opportunity for somebody, but they threw it away because they didn't think that I was ever going to be valuable to them. That, that's just absolutely great. So the loss was not mine. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. That's how, that's how I look at it. about Facebook now is it allows you to segment all of your friends. So you, can, yeah. you can put people into prospects or close friends or family or whatever list you want. Exactly, exactly. So, Sean Rose, thank you so much for joining us today. And before we break off here, uh, you know, we have a lot of great information that you've shared with us, and I know that I'm going to be implementing some great tactics I've learned from you. Uh, thank you partially for the validation, but also partially for the education on behalf of all of us. And uh, just tell us, how can someone find out more about some of these topics you've been sharing with us? Absolutely. So the thing that I found most entrepreneurs struggle with first and foremost is their confidence, their mindset, especially when they're approaching anyone about their product or service. And I, I see this over and over and over. And you don't have to be a salesperson with 20 years of experience to not have this problem. I see guys that have been selling for years, and they still, when they're approaching someone about it, they're explaining what they do and the product or service they offer, but they're not passionate about it. There's, there's still some fear holding them back from being able to really connect with another human being emotionally about what they're selling and to get them on board with the program, with the lifestyle, with the movement that they're really part of. So what I did was I created just a quick introductory guide to how do you effectively use your mindset in order to make more sales and get more prospects. And there's nine things that I find most entrepreneurs I coach struggle with. They have problems with just nine straight things, so I lay them out in this program, and I tell you exactly how to overcome them and how to implement what we've been talking about today so that you can actually get more prospects using that mindset. So if you're ready for that link, I'm going to give you just this great free introductory guide. Are you ready for it? Uh, I was born ready. Let's do it. You were born ready. I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, it is. So that link, Adam, is businesscreators.getprospectsnow.com. Again, businesscreators.getprospectsnow.com. So that's the link where you will be able to go and get that five-part email series where I walk entrepreneurs through the things that I've found, keep them from being able to confidently and courageously connect emotionally with their prospects, which is, again, the thing that you will need to be able to do in order to be successful in business, whether you are doing it online or in person. So go to businesscreators.getprospectsnow.com for that offer. I've made it especially for your program because I know that you have a dedicated following of entrepreneurs that want to succeed. And this will help you get on track to getting more prospects in your business, however that looks for you, and implementing what we've been talking about today during the last hour. Absolutely. Sean, that is very generous of you. Thank you very much. And I encourage everybody to visit that link. Just a reminder, everybody in our audience, all of our guest experts have profiles at businesscreatorsradioshow.com. 
So be sure to check those out where you can learn more about our guest experts, how to get a hold of them, more about what they do in business. And, uh, and we'll put this link up there so that those who are listening right now uh, and those who listen to the podcast later can go check this out. I believe the link is going to be active for quite some time, so it should still be active. Uh, and please take advantage of this because Sean has done an incredible job here and given us so many specific action items we can take uh, in terms of getting more prospects and customers right now. So once again, Sean, thank you so much for joining us today. It's my pleasure, Adam. I really appreciate the honor of being invited onto your show and being a resource for the folks out there that are making changes, consciously creating their lives and their businesses, and really making the world go round. I honor every entrepreneur that's listening. You bet. Everybody, Sean Rhodes. And I'm your host, Adam Homey. Thank you again. Tune in next time for our next episode of Business Creators Radio Show. Also check us out, view our upcoming and previous episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.